and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving Central and Northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the Southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com. In this episode, we'll be talking with Dan and Joe McCluskey from Ironclad Eats. Dan and Joe are both Mainers, born and raised. Dan studied at UMaine before moving throughout the Northeast, where he settled into New York's tourism and service industries for the past decade. Now back in Maine with his wife, Stephanie, he partners with Joe, who has worked in the kitchen since he was 16, to bring you something fun, delicious, and unlike any food out there. Welcome to the show, Dan and Joe. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Yes, indeed. Yeah, how are you doing? Good morning. Great. Thanks. Doing Thanks well. for coming into the our virtual studio. Oh, look at you. <laughs> You're actually correcting that now. I know. Every every show, Kim welcomes welcome. Well, well, thank you for coming in. I'm like, they're not here. They're yeah, I was gonna say your studio looks surprisingly <laughs> like my basement. <laughs> <laughs> and and in truth, it probably does. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so we're so glad that you guys are here because we love food. We love to talk about food. And so we want to hear um, what you guys are up to. And so Tell us, how did you decide to move to Maine and start a food truck? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, being from here originally, uh, Joe and I both grew up in the same small town, Richmond, for even mm-hmm. half of Maine doesn't know it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I'd been away for the past 15 years, really, in the past 10, living and working in New York City, um, mostly in the tourism and events and attractions industry. So. We had always, uh, my wife Stephanie and I, had always thought that we'd wind up back in Maine, that we mm-hmm. love it here, um, it's home to me. Mm. And last year during the pandemic, when the industries got really hit, she was working on Broadway, I was running a museum, you wow. know, there wasn't anything for us to do. Mm. Uh, so it kind of expedited the the turnaround for us coming back to Maine. Mm-hmm. And we started thinking about what we wanted to do, and it kind of naturally veered uh, back toward Joe, and who was saying, we could start a truck. And mm. at first, we kind of like laughed, like, yeah, that sounds like fun. But then we got thinking about it, and like, seriously, like, we could start a truck. <laughs> we know what mm-hmm. we're doing. And <laughs> Joe gave us that confidence. Yeah. I mean, D- Dan came to me one day. They were home visiting, and he was just talking about how just, like, desolate and miserable the city is being surrounded by, like, all those people, but you really can't even you know, you can't do anything and, you know, understandably so. And mm-hmm. when they decided to move back to Maine and he kind of floated the idea, like as a joke, and I'm like, no, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Like, you know, the food industry in Maine is amazing and you know that, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to act like I'm a millionaire. And he gave me this opportunity and he's like, you know, how would you feel about doing this? I'm like do it right now tomorrow. Let's go. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Joe's enthusiasm is confidence building. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you need that. You need that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, it was, this is the place we wanted to be eventually. And if we couldn't work in the careers we were used to, we were going to start working on our passion. And I mean, the, the food scene in Maine is, is booming. It's been booming for, you know, coming on 10 years now even, but even in the last few years and all the trucks that are coming and unfortunately, you know, we lost a few businesses during the pandemic, but I think that's mm-hmm. going to make room for a lot of really cool, exciting new ventures. So, you know, I think that's something we want to be a part of. Mm. Yeah. That's great. Now, just out of curiosity, what, what type of museum were you running or <laughs> you managing in New York? Oh, yeah. This is um, a lot of people don't actually believe me when I tell them this, but I was the director of operations for the Museum of Sex. Really? That is I, really what I was doing. I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> well, huh. Interesting. And I love it, and I was proud of the work I was doing, but as you can imagine, when you throw that on social media, it's the first thing anyone wants to talk about. (laughs) Yes. So we usually bury the lead a little bit so we can focus (laughs) on the food. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. That is true. But by all means. It sells, apparently. Uh, Uh, Yeah, it sure did. (laughs) Turns out a pandemic is the only thing that gets in the way of that. Well, true. (laughs) No. I'm not going to say any more about that. <laughs> so going to some of the information that we read before this, uh, you're, you call your, your food regional comfort foods presented in a tasty corn tortilla. So at the risk of making us all and our listeners incredibly hungry, uh, can you run down some of what you'll be offering up? Yeah. So um, right out of the gate, most of what we're offering up is slow cooked, really kind of uh, barbecue inspired, but also mm. like... I, I guess if I back up slightly and, and just say that we look for things that we love to eat, whether it be a main mm-hmm. a main classic, a southern staple, some kind of curiosity from around the country, mm-hmm. and then kind of figure out how do we scale this into put this whole dish into a taco, and how do we make that something that someone's going to want to grab and go. So mm. the first thing we really kicked off was like we were I was doing slow cooked pork, mm. and we decided yeah. to turn that into our our main staple so we turned it into literally the bean supper nice. so we wanted it is barbecue pork and baked beans um maiden house everything is slow cooked by like painstakingly because we wanted this to have the most authentic flavor so that you can go in there and you can sit down you can bite into this one taco and you can feel like you're transported into your local Grange Hall on a yeah, on a Sunday on a Sunday afternoon nice. and know that you are getting somebody's homemade baked beans and slow and slow smoked pork and you know that it's just an absolute labor of love so it's that inspiration that we're kind of taking into everything that we do so basically kind of the idea behind it i guess if you really want to get to the core of it is you know when you pull up to your friend's house or your grandparents house or your parents house or you know whoever whoever's house you go to that makes the you know the really slapping big dinners for everybody and you think okay mm-hmm. they got the crock pot running they got you know what's going in there what's going in that it's it's all foods that everybody's eaten before it's foods that everybody's familiar with and i i don't necessarily want to use the term elevating because i don't think we're necessarily trying to change completely what it is you know but you know we're just trying to give it to you in a way that's quick it's on the go it's different i mean who doesn't like mm. tortillas who doesn't like tacos so mm. um you know another instance is uh we have one that we just added and it's called we actually call it the river bottom nightmare beef <laughs> it's oh, kind of like a play on the river bottom nightmare band little from, jim henson from jim henson yes. oh, so I love that show. and uh so <laughs> what it, oh, and the reason <laughs> the reason we call it that is because we started we were going to call it the riverboat beef because it's something called mississippi beef and i'm not sure if you're 
familiar with that, but it's kind of a staple down in that region. And um, yeah, it's it's a method of cooking a pot roast, yeah. slow cooking mm-hmm. a roast um, that's tangy and unctuous and flavorful. But we wanted to take that delicious shredded beef and and top it with our own spin. Yeah. So mm. you know, yeah, we have that, and we top it with our slaw, and we're also um, topping it with a house made goji jang sauce, which is. It's going to be – it's blueberry. We're trying to use local ingredients, throw some Asian flair mm-hmm. on there. There's a lot of these different flavors that you wouldn't think necessarily go well together. But when you put them you know, together, it's kind of some crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. You smother about anything in jack cheese and melt it on a flat top and, <laughs> and, and, and it's hitting oh, right. Oh, yeah. My mouth is watering right now. I knew Literally. this was going to happen for you, Cam, because you, you, you're <laughs> so traditionally angry. not a big breakfast eater. I knew you were in trouble this today. This sounds amazing. We need to get Kim a bib. Yes, that yeah. sounds absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, and next time we talk to you, hopefully it's not in a virtual lab so we can actually have the griddle going next to us. <sighs> nice. No. So, yes. they just, so yeah, so tell us some more about some of the other dishes as well. Yeah, one of um, our personal favorites is it's an homage to the New York bodega. Mm-hmm. And so for those um, who have been in and around New York City, there's an entire culture of eating that takes place at your corner convenience stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they always have a flat top there. They're always serving up great food, uh, whether it be like a bacon, egg and cheese or just easy, mm-hmm. quick, fast deli sandwiches. But the chopped cheese is a New York staple, and it really doesn't exist anywhere in the country meaningfully. So we wanted to take the idea of a chopped cheese, which it's essentially all the ingredients of a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. uh, cooked and prepared um, almost like you would a cheesesteak and served in a roll. Ooh. Yeah. It's amazing, and, and I know I'm oversimplifying it that, like that, but it is such a deep staple of like kind of the New York underground food scene. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like... Yeah. It's kind of like a smash burger, if you're familiar with that. It's kind of like a really thin smash burger meets like yeah. a meets a cheesesteak. So you're getting like your little crispy onions. They're going on the beef. It's going on the flat top. It's getting nice and crispy brown. You don't even flip it. You put your cheese on this. top and let it cook up through. <laughs> Bust it all apart. Throw it in a crispy taco shell. Like you can't complain. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, it. It's we use a, a garlic horseradish mustard sauce that we make. It's, it's mm-hmm. really good, and uh, we also top that with a roasted garlic spicy pico that we make in-house instead of the traditional shredded lettuce and tomatoes it's going to get shredded lettuce and our um spicy garlic pico just to switch it up a little bit so yeah it was something that we knew that we wanted to make it's just a it's a food item that was part of my almost daily life i'm ashamed (laughs) to admit but (laughs) the runs um, in his blood I had to bring. I had to bring this back home. There's, if there's one thing I had to bring back home from New York, everyone knows the pizza, everyone knows the bagels, but mm. you haven't lived in New York until you're eating a chopped cheese. I will mm. be eating one of those. And exactly. So <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah, and and the first bite out of the taco that we pulled off that griddle to test and make sure we could do it right. I closed my eyes. I was just transported to the back of a kind of a dingy diner in the back of my head, and and, and you know one of those places where it's like. You wouldn't want to go there if you were a health inspector. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know the flavors are absolutely on point. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think everybody has one of those places. Like there was a place I used to go to in college where there was maybe six tables in the joint. And in order to go to the bathroom, you actually had to walk through the kitchen. Right. Yes. There's a place like that where we're from. Don't worry. Was. It was like, that's, it was just so great. Cause like you walk past, you're like, Hey, how's it going? You have to like say hi to the kitchen staff. Cause you walk right past them. You know, yeah, they know oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is I, I think it ties in that, that specific dish kind of ties into kind of what you're doing in, in terms of taking some of the, you know, classic exactly. comfort food and moving it forward. Cause this is almost like two generations removed. Cause if I'm remembering right, 
the smash burger has kind of been around for a while like wasn't that kind of like originated depression era to kind of stretch out the amount of beef that you had yeah and 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 it's uh like like you know, the chopped cheese is kind of the same idea behind that you know it's something that they can cook in even faster than a smash burger because it's such a thin layer of beef i mean you throw it on the grill mm. two minutes you, between ordering and picking up you had a bodega you I mean you're looking at four minutes and that's something we're trying to emulate with all of our food as well we mm. we want to have really quick really easy food that people can be like, yeah, I want to just go grab it and get out of there and be like, this is not. Yeah. And I think like, you know, you think of like kind of these fun, silly references. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Ratatouille. Oh yeah. Oh but, yeah. Of course. I mean like, and that no one watches that and doesn't want to cook after, but you mm-hmm. in the, in the penultimate scene where you just see the food critic eating this lowly peasant food mm-hmm. prepared in such a way that brings him back to his childhood and he starts weeping. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is always about, something that kind of transport you to a place in yes. a time it's mm-hmm. that flavor memory it's that it's that sensory feeling where you're just it's it's more than just saying oh this is good food or this is prepared well it's what does this actually mean mm-hmm. uh, we're eating something with you know this deeper intrinsic value than just its Absolutely. surface flavor yeah there's, there's emotions there there's, exactly and that's kind of emotions yeah uh, totally. And that's where we, we did things that kind of evoke that in us. And we're hoping to find it in other people as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were doing a uh, Nashville inspired chicken. Yeah. But we wanted to steer away from deep frying things on a truck. Um, mm-hmm. You can go anywhere and get really good deep fried food. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we're just trying to cook things that are fresh, kind of, you know, don't have that heavy, greasy feel to them. So what mm-hmm. we did is. We've been slow cooking the chicken in a sous vide. We cook chicken thighs. We rub them down mm. with Nashville seasoning. So the same thing you'd get on the hot fried chicken, mm-hmm. they're being sl- these thighs are being slow cooked in for a day. Yeah, and it, it's pretty mm. cool because we can actually take the vacuum sealer. So what we'll do is we'll take the, the thighs and season them up with like the actual seasoning. And then we'll actually put in some of the Nashville hot sauce with the fat, with the butter. So it's already in on the chicken and then it gets vacuum sealed. And then it, it literally is poaches in that liquid for mm. hours. And then we take wow. them out throw them on the flat top, get them nice and grittily and just shred them apart. I mean, it's, it's really good. And then we hit, we have a uh, sweet and spicy Nashville sauce that we're, that we put on there as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's actually a uh, homemade sauce we do out of uh, hot honey. Yeah. So with uh, the whole hot honey craze, we said, you know, this is something that we can kind of make local. So we're doing, it's a part honey, part main maple syrup. And we just hit it again with those extra hot, Nashville spices. Yeah, this one's mm-hmm. this one's not a joke. This is the the one menu item that you're gonna eat and be like, "Wow, that's spicy." <laughs> I'm gonna go buy three more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I don't care if I'm sweating. Like I, right. I, yeah. Yeah. It's if we're gonna use the if we're gonna call something Thrashville, you know what I mean? It's kind of kind of slap you around. Yeah, a that's our bit. Thrashville chicken. That's what. <laughs> oh, that sounds that, that sounds, sounds amazing. amazing. And then <laughs> we have uh, one menu item left to go over, and this one is one we're particularly proud of. It's actually it's gonna be a totally vegan option. Uh, it's called the burning flower and uh, it's pretty cool. So what we do is we take cauliflower and we rub it down in a, we make a, a house made peri peri sauce, which is like bird's eye chilies. If you're not familiar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a bird's eye chili hot sauce. And then we take that and we mix it with a little tomato paste and some seasonings and we rub down a, head, a whole head of cauliflower, let it marinate. And then we actually slow cook it and then finish it with a smoke little, it. yeah, we, we smoke it essentially. Yeah. Oh, wow. and uh, then we actually fan it out and cut it into steaks and then chop it up and then sear it. We treat it just like everything else on the grill. Uh, of course, we'll have a separate cooking area because it's vegan. But um, and then we use really nice, fresh local corn and fresh blueberries. And we make a blueberry salad that goes on top of that. And 
And then we also have a nice peri-peri sauce that we add on that as well. When, oh, the avocado sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We also mm. have a nice seasoned avocado puree that goes on there as well. Not to be confused with guacamole because it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not guacamole, okay? If I if I give it to somebody that this doesn't taste like guacamole, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But don't don't make me come out of the truck. Come on, yeah, stop it. Um, no, but anyway, we when we came up with this, we did not. I mean, and it, we did not want to compromise. We know there's a huge vegan community in Portland, um, and and everywhere. And some of my friends are vegan, and we didn't want to compromise on flavor. Like, oh, you know, here's like here's your vegan option. Like, oh, whatever, you know, just buy it. Like, it's vegan, it's fine. But like, we yeah. want it to be just as good as everything else. We want people that have never had a vegan option in their life to come in and try that and be like, wow, that's outrageous. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we're really proud to uh, roll that one out as well. Yeah, and I think for me, like, I'm you know, if you know me, I'm 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 very much a carnivore. Yeah. Um, almost everything I do uh, circulates around cooking meats, but I made this so that when I eat it, I'm happy. So yeah. so I know that I'm delivering like this is an actual meal, not just we're not just blowing it off saying we've got one. You right, know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, it's tasty. It's really There's a good. lot of thought, and you guys, it sounds like you guys have put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, and That's this has great. kind of been our project for the last several months. Everything that we do, we know that we love it, but we've had to hone it in. We've cooked all of these mm-hmm. things a thousand times yeah. just for us, our friends, our family, to make sure it's really where it needs to be. And so with that in mind, Joe especially, um, who is really you know the, the show in the kitchen, is taking this upon himself, but we're going to have rotating menu items we're going to have a special a couple times a week we're going to have new and fresh things constantly Mm -hmm. the the five menu items we kind of talked about are going to be on there from day one they're going to stay with us you know as long as they're selling but this menu is going to be different every day you see it yeah that's Mm. love it that's cool yeah that's the whole reason we decided to go um with a very small menu because we want to be able to use a lot of different local ingredients stuff that's in season but we didn't want to have to commit to putting certain things on our menu that we knew we'd have to outsource or we knew we'd have to use mm-hmm. a product that we don't necessarily want. So we said, okay, let's keep it small. Let's keep the flavor serious and then give ourselves the, the the room on the truck and the money and the time to be able to really focus on putting out some pretty ridiculous specials. I mean, right now we just do tacos, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what our specials always mean. We might have a sandwich on, we might have a Sioux, we might have a chowder, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just one of those things where you, you people are just going to have to kind of keep updated and we're going to make sure we're, flooding ourselves with all of our specials, you know, get down here, try this. So, you know, we're really, really amped up to be able to do that. That's great. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Such a great way to go. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about your um, Kickstarter and how people can get involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll say it right up front. um, Ironcladeats.com slash support. um, Just so we don't forget. But the whole thing behind our Kickstarter is that we're really, really trying to generate that good energy, get everybody mobilized to know what we're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, the money that we're raising on it is just to make sure that we get that kind of next level up, really upgrade our kitchen, um, mm-hmm. make sure we have what we need so we can put the best truck possible out there so that we're, we've got a good, reliable vehicle for you, mm-hmm. that we've got equipment to cook even well, you know, far more in a way dishes than we're even offering right now. Mm-hmm. We are raising money. But what we're really raising is excitement. Yeah. Nice. Mm. We, we want everyone, everyone who's donating to our Kickstarter is getting an invite to our soft launch, um, mm-hmm. which uh, we have tentatively planned for May, mm-hmm. um, probably mid to late May. And then from there, we hope that everyone who comes out and sees it and kind of uh, 
helps us get our momentum toward getting on a road for our grand opening in June. But the Kickstarter itself like has some really, really killer merchandise on yeah. there. And mm-hmm. just like all of our food, our merchandise is homegrown. It's all homemade. Yeah, right one here of a kind. We, uh, Stephanie has put in a ton of work. I can't even you know, she, she works a full-time job on top of it. And she's put in a ton of work into like our graphic design and she's designed all of our shirts, any of our merch that we have, she's designed dance health design and we've printed ourselves and we're making ourselves and it, you know, and the, the merch that's going to come with the Kickstarter is day one merch. Like you're not going to be able to get it later on. Not that it's like incredibly exclusive, but it's just, we want to make sure that the people who are donating to our Kickstarter, it's not just like an afterthought. We're really putting in the thought into their, um, donation from awards and, and the things that they're going to get that they're going to remember. So we're pretty excited nice. about it. Yeah. That's one awesome. of, yeah. It, and, and one of the things about it too, is that like the Kickstarter, who, the people who donate, we know are part of our close tight knit community. Mm-hmm. And so we're putting out a thank you video to every single person who donates. And they're all mm-hmm. absolutely dumb. They're all <laughs> the, the most, if you get a chance, go to our, check out our Instagram and under, we have a thank yous uh, posted of our stories where they're going to stay there. And uh, mm-hmm. if you get a chance, they're just the most outlandish stuff you've ever seen in your life. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's horrible. It's, it's really yeah. where we're letting our personalities come through and understand that like good food is great, but good times are even better. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. That's but, great. Yeah. I, it's good to it's good to see the personality behind yeah. you know something like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, me and Dan have huge personalities, and and kind of you know we have our, our first few videos that we've released on our socials that have kind of outlined who we are and this and that. But now is the the time where when people tune into our, our socials, they're going to be like, wow, these guys are ridiculous. Like <laughs> if they're this wild, just like posting videos, like I got to try the food. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're hoping. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, that's it, that, it, whatever gets people to the truck, man, that's whatever right. gets people well, to the it's truck. It's funny. Cause it's not necessarily a marketing scheme either. It's just us being just goofy as hell. It's just what mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So one of the things I'm, I'm a little curious about here is for both of you, mm. when did you kind of realize, or was there a moment or, or a thing that made you realize that you wanted to cook for a living or for, for a career? Oh, uh, let's see. I've been cooking since I was about 16, um, starting with, you know, fast food and then working my way up. I've managed a couple of kitchens and, uh, I don't know, I guess when I was really young, I used to cook a lot with my father, which is Dan's brother. And, uh, we used to do a lot of cooking together and it was one of the, you know, we're, you know, we're from Maine. We, everybody here works hard. Everybody, you know, has their nine to fives. Everybody's tired. It's cold. And, you know, so when we would sit down and they would take the time to show me what they're doing and take the time to explain what they're doing. And I just felt like seeing my dad and my grandfather kind of just standing around and really just like taking the time to explain everything to us and explain what they were doing and why they were doing it and why this happened. I just thought as a child, I mean, six, six to eight years old, that's just like super intriguing. And then, you know, they let you play with fire. So it's like, okay, yeah, that's bitching. Like, of course, like, yeah, I want to flip the burgers. Yeah. I mean, our, our family, um, obviously has a great unity and bond to it through the food, um, through the food that we share, you know, when, when Joe's father, my brother, Rich, uh, he, he passed away in 2013 and it kind of, it really brought Joe and I close together and, mm-hmm. It's, this is kind of one of those natural bonds that we all shared. So it mm. becomes very personal. Um, it's very much about the family. And the cooking for me is that it's been a language of love. Um, mm. My whole life, I've cooked for the people around me. You know, I used to cook breakfast for my fraternity in college. I used to, even when I had all of my other full-time jobs on the weekends, I'd be cooking barbecue for all of my friends to come over and enjoy. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I'm a backyard barbecue and I have been for years 
and I wanted to turn this into something that kind of share my passion now with the rest of the world mm -hmm. rather than just my friends and family. So I really want to expand upon that. And then, you know, just partnering with Joe has made it possible to do it really in a professional um, mm -hmm. manner to scale it appropriately and to really do everything clean and by the book. And, and that's what's made it so exciting. It's so cool. Mm. It is cool to hear you say that um, about it being a language of love because I have a friend that's a chef and it really, when you can cook for people, it, it is, it's, it's one of those things that it's just a way that you love people. It's, it, it's an yeah, opportunity it's to love people. And it's, it really is. Um, you can see that. I have a, I have a three-year-old daughter and I'll, I'll pull the chair up next to the stovetop and let her help me cook. And you know, the first time she was able to, you know, flip an egg or the first, or, you know, to attempt to flip an egg or the first time she was able to, pull cookies off of piping hot sheet pan and that guy, you can see her, her face light up and she's just so like the emotion coming off of a child like that is so raw and it's mm -hmm. so just appreciative. And, and, and I know that my, my dad felt the same way. And I know Dan felt the same way when he was interacting with me when I was a kid. And I just, it almost like, it almost makes me want to cry. I'm like, Oh my God, bro. Like you're yeah. so cute. Like you're loving this so hard. I'm like, this is the best. This is the mm -hmm. best man. Yeah. Maeve decorating cookies is, is, is adorable. Mm. Nice. So let me ask you this. So you both grew up cooking. Um, you know, I, I'm just curious, selfishly, what was what was one of your favorite dishes growing up that was there a tradition as far as for either of you that your family had a specific dish? What was one of your favorite dishes growing up that you well, that you cooked as a family? Um, in the family, um, there were kind of two things. It was like uh, either burgers or steaks off the grill were kind of a, mm -hmm. a commonplace mm -hmm. tradition. But there mm -hmm. was um, there's a there's a a macaroni and cheese that my father makes um, mm -hmm. that everybody just loves. And it's not necessarily fancy or crazy or out, or out there mm -hmm. by any means, but just the kind of the way that he makes it um, seemed to resonate with anybody who ate it. And it mm -hmm. kind of got the whole family excited to be together just to have it. Nice. And so for me kind of growing up, those are my things, but now it's kind of turned into that. I've taken my, you know, cooking outside burgers, are kind of something I always come back to because I can mm -hmm. customize and treat mm -hmm. that any way I can. But slow cooking outdoor, like the slow cooked meats, the smoker, um, I've always got my smoker going. So mm -hmm. those for me are kind of what grounds me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. For yeah. me growing up, probably, you know, like Dan said, the mac and cheese. And then also we would mm -hmm. do like Mexican food night all the time, which is nothing that my friends were doing. You know what I mean? We live in the middle of nowhere, Maine. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather's like, oh, I'm going to make all this Mexican food, like enchiladas, chimichangas, mm -hmm. like quesadillas, just everything. Stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, even at the time when I was younger, like there weren't even a lot of restaurants that were even selling that. And, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I've realized, you know, it's not that hard to do. And that's kind of like my love for food. I like to cook a lot of foreign influenced food. Uh, I'd say even right now, like if I'm at work and I, I have kind of free roam to do what I want, like I'm probably going to gravitate towards like a curry or like a Middle Eastern food because that's not something that I ate when I was a kid. And I, those different like salty and like umami flavors, that type of stuff that you don't really have. And it kind of brings you back to the stuff that you had eaten as a kid, even though it's right. a totally different thing. Cause you, you find out that you can, you know, use the same cooking techniques and the same seasoning techniques. You're just working with like slightly different seasonings. And it's just, to me, it's kind of cool, especially like Middle Eastern and Asian foods where you can see, okay, you know, this is the same thing, but it's just, mm -hmm. oh, it's just slightly different. And it like cooking yeah. stuff like nice. that is, is incredibly exciting for me. And, and, nice. and, and it kind of goes back to like how we're doing our food. Like, you know, there's no reason we couldn't do like an outrageous tikka masala in a taco. Like first, you know what I mean? So it's just like, mm -hmm. it's just that type of stuff that gets oh, you really excited. Yeah, it, it, it will be there. Like, don't worry. <laughs> 
We're writing the menu in it's, real time right now. It's going to rule. <laughs> oh, we have a couple little notebooks that yeah, just are with stupid. us at all times that have about 60 different recipes in them. That are just outrageous. So, nice. yeah. Like, we were and, talking about doing, like, a beef stroganoff sub. Like, why not? Because it's going to be out, like, unreal. Like, come on. Uh, yes. And on St. Patrick's Day, I made a uh, corned beef Ruben-inspired taco that um, everyone got mad at me for that wasn't on the menu. <laughs> so, oh, wow. wait till March next year and we're, we're all going to be eating corned beef. That's that sounds like a plan and a half to me. I'm yeah. I'm good with that. And I think it's I, I think it's interesting that you go back to kind of burgers and things like that because even in even in terms of Mexican food, I find it one of my favorite things to cook is chili. Sure. Because and I love it because there's certain basics that you kind of do, but then it's so customizable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you can you can just it's a, it's a jumping off point to then say you know what I'm going to try doing it this way this no, time. And that's ex- that's exactly what we look at. I think sometimes people get snobby, and I think sometimes people are way too concerned with like oh you need to do it this way you need to do it. why yeah I want to make good food that rules like okay I learned how to do it that way I want to do it this way now like who cares it's going to be awesome yeah and it's yeah. one of those things where especially like you you talk about a chili that's such a a vital staple of. All over the world, and specifically, I mean, there's different chili cultures throughout America. Um, mm-hmm. My wife is actually from Ohio, oh. and the Ohio chili scene is mind-boggling. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it actually – it took me a long time to get my head wrapped around uh, Cincinnati chili. But, Cinnamon uh, rolls and spaghetti, baby. Let's go. Yeah, on spaghetti. And, <laughs> and it's very thin and on spaghetti. It tastes delicious, but my 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 palate just doesn't quite understand yet. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's these things that, like, you tweak – classics in such a small way that makes it your own i mean Mm. as i've been doing barbecue the last few years one of my great friends is is from tennessee and and i gave her a rack of ribs one time i'm like i don't know i'm putting in front of a harsh critic and Mm -hmm. and you know being being uh in that area even you know near near memphis and and she's telling me it's one of the best rack of ribs she's ever eaten in her life. And I almost, I like moved to tears. Wow. <laughs> that, that's some serious high praise. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. That's and, hype. and it's one of those things where, and you put your little spin on it. Like I'm using a barbecue sauce that I make of Southern ingredients oh, and Northern. Perfect. So I, mm-hmm. I'm using peaches and I'm using maple syrup. I'm using New England and I'm using the South. And, mm. and nice. so these are the kind of the things I, I think about when I'm putting it together. Yeah. Like, how do I connect those worlds? How do I take those things that that uh, people can can feel comfort in, in deep in their soul? Yeah. 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 Although it also provides the opportunity for controversy because then as soon as you start talking about chili, you get into the, the beans versus no ah, beans debate. whatever. Shut up. Is it good? <laughs> if it's good, just eat it. Like, who cares? And it's like God. brother against brother civil war all over again. <laughs> that, that's yeah. a, That's... Ooh, you want to stir something up. There you go. Yeah, well, uh, I, I feel that deeply, too, because for years, for years, I was a no beans guy. No beans, mm-hmm. no beans, no beans. And then one day I was like, you know what? I got to make a really big vat of chili. Let's uh, stretch it out a little bit. And I and I uh, put a couple different, you know, I put some uh, navy, some kidneys in there. And you know mm-hmm. what? Everyone was like, this is amazing. I'm like, well, shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, like, I'm over here, like, slow cooking those chunks of stew beef and stirring mm-hmm. in ground beef. And, like, I'm, like, three layers of beef in this chili. And I throw in some beans and everyone's like, that's the ticket. I'm like, well, what do I know? <laughs> I just opened a can. All right. Yeah, it's literally. <laughs> So another question that we kind of ask is, this is, I'll freely admit, this is a bit of a selfish one because we just like to hear the answer and we, sure. we hope other people do too, but yeah, mostly it's for us. Uh, but who or what inspires you either personally or professionally? Mm. 
Okay. Well, I think first and foremost, my daughter, Maeve, she's amazing. And she she's funny because she gets like, if she sees me getting amped up about something, she gets like twice as amped up as I am, even if she has <laughs> no idea what's happening. She's like, yeah, dad, like, let's do it. <laughs> so that's my, my number one motivation to start. Um, but of course, you know, my dad, my dad was in a cover band. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were famous, but they were locally well-known, a band called Ruckus. Mm-hmm. And just him, like, I share the same. He just wants wanted to make sure everybody's having a good time. You know what I mean? And and he knew that by doing his thing and doing his thing to the best of his ability would ensure that people around him were having a great time. And I think that that's such a rewarding thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I've always really looked up to him for, mm-hmm. um, being able to share his talents to you know, it, it make the people around him have a good time and have mm-hmm. fun. So that, that's something I really like. And then as far as professionally you know i've worked with a number of really good cooks a couple guys like this guy brian doobie just you know no name guy at a cafe and he's taught me like a huge foundation of everything that i know and so shout out to brian and shout out to uh crash adams at she worked at 1912 cafe she was awesome really gave me a lot of confidence and then as far as you know so you know famous people i look up to people like david chang a lot um because mm-hmm. he's he's kind of on the forefront of that okay it's supposed to be done this way but I'm going to do it this way. And you're probably not going to argue with me because I'm like the most famous chef on earth. So, <laughs> And, uh, you know, guys like Anthony Bourdain, ty- types of guys like that, that aren't afraid to, you know, like, yeah, I'm a professional chef, but, you know, this is how I want to do it. And it doesn't matter if I'm cooking on a Coleman grill on a picnic table in the middle of wherever, or if I'm mm-hmm. in a kitchen that's staffed with 15 people, it doesn't matter. Like I'm still mm-hmm. going to put my best effort. And those are the type of guys, you know, they're not all about the fluff and the, and the, and the, and the look and the ego, you know what I mean? They're just about making good food and, Mm. and sharing it with everybody and that's something that really resonates with me big time yeah i i think you really you really hit the nail on the head with um uh for me especially finding inspiration in the way we were raised in our family mm-hmm. um you know like my parents um who have always created an a- atmosphere in our home that everybody is welcome like we mm-hmm. want everybody there if um you know my parents meet someone for five minutes you know they have an open invite to our house you know doors unlock come on in don't even mm-hmm. knock come on in whatever we're cooking you can be a part of don't mind the mess come mm-hmm. come be part of our family and it's been that way ever since i was a child yeah. and they've they really fostered that environment that nice. no matter how much we're driving each other each other crazy no matter what we have going on in our lives like there's that common base of like come into our home and we're going to share it with you. And mm. that's, that's been a really a working focus of my, my development as a human being um, where whatever little I have, it's yours, it's yours right? You know, and mm. yeah, um, it's here for you. So like, even like when you talk about the family inspiration and like my sister, she's been my older sister my whole life. And, and she's been just, she's, she's uh physically um, uh, disabled. She has spina bifida and, um, one thing is that like you you cannot keep her down no. and mm. she has like the most indomitable spirit and mm. she she every time we're together as a family when when she comes into the house it really ties everything together and you know that like mm. we're here together this is about family and she brings such like love and joy that mm. um i almost have trouble like recreating yeah you know it's one of those things where it's just it's so natural and effortless and and you you can see the the shift immediately where where even if it's been a few months since i've seen her or in case of last year is like over a year since i saw her that like the mood shifts immediately everybody's like in a better place we're all just mm-hmm. happy to be together so like if we can take those vibes and get you excited that's what we want to do and then professionally nice. 
if we're talking about the food food industry, I mean, I think Joe is right. You know, you look at these famous chefs, the food shows, and the whole trend that we're on as a culture right now. Everybody wants to be on TV. Everyone wants to, you know, everyone wants their 15 minutes of fame. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm way more... I'm way more invested in like the five minute segment on diners, drivers and dives of a restaurant you would never hear of or see mm. anywhere. And it's just, yeah. it's just a little family business of people throwing together food. And mm. this is really good. You should come here. And that's mm-hmm. it. There's no like, there's you no come here because, Oh, they have these many stars or this many, this and that. It's like, no, yeah, there's no mission. I just stars. ate this right now. And I'm going to tell you it's unreal. Like <laughs> get in your yeah. car and drive. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> And I'm not going to lie to you. That was a big part of the reason I moved to New York City in the first place. I wanted mm. to turn on Food Network, see something I wanted to eat, and I wanted to eat it right now. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. hey, I there were days I left, I'd leave my apartment, and, and I would walk to a place I just watched on TV, get the food I just saw, and then two other things on the menu because mm. I want to know what was bringing those people there. Like, I want to know what was bringing people together. Like, mm-hmm. why have they been successful what's resonating with everybody mm-hmm. and just that kind of that world culinary exploration really changed everything for me because growing up in Maine, I'd see things on TV and be like, well, that must be fancy. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just BS. Man. No, it's just people who like what they do. That's all. Yeah. 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 So this is kind of another selfish question that we'd like to ask um, mm-hmm. because we just like, we like to hear the answer. Well, to we're, it. we're selfish people. We're selfish people. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so we like to ask this. Um, so how do you how do you guys define success? Like, how, how, what's success to you? Um, I think for me, as somebody who's running the who's going to be running the kitchen and like the day to day, I think obviously everybody wants to give these crazy answers, but obviously you know monetary success is very important. We want to make sure that the truck is sustainable we're able to sustain our ideas and and be comfortable Mm -hmm. with what we're doing but i think at the end of the day even beyond that i think success for myself would just be like oh like you i I just want people to think like oh have you been there like i don't know what's on their menu and then be like oh it doesn't matter like you just gotta go and look at the specials and then then maybe like Mm -hmm. decide what you want you know what i mean i want people to know that when we put something up it's flame like it's gonna be Mm -hmm. just absolutely ridiculous And, and i think that if we can get to a point where our name kind of speaks for itself um mm. that would be a really great place for us to be and mm. i i think that i ideally that's what i'd like is just to be known for just having great food and not necessarily mm-hmm. because we're this or that but just be like oh you're gonna go there and you're not you're not gonna be upset like you're, you're you know you're not gonna be upset mm-hmm. yeah and and, awesome. and joe's right i mean that's that's a huge part of the reason we chose the name ironclad because it really means like it's impenetrable it's like mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. undeniable undeniably and, good yeah and that's kind yeah. of where we are like no matter what you do, you know we're putting our all into it. Like yeah. whether it's our meat, our food, our sauces, like there's nothing that we open a package of and just throw it in. No. You know, like right. mm-hmm. we make the sauce. Every we yeah. slow cook the meat. We are mm-hmm. we're we're home printing our merchandise and screen printing it in house. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. like this is all like like quite very literally a labor of love. Yeah. yeah. And so for me to feel successful in this, it's not only that it can. I think the first thing that Joe said is like sustain. Um, Mm -hmm. If this becomes our life, that's perfect. We want it to live and grow. And as long as it can kind of support itself and keep rolling and we're having good times with the people of Maine, we know we've done right. Um, But our longer goal with my wife and I, we both come from attractions, live events, things like that. It's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the other half of our passion is the entertainment aspect. 
Mm -hmm. and we both feel very strongly about this and over time if we see this truck do what we think it's capable of we want to turn that into a brick and mortar and we want Mm -hmm. a restaurant and more than just a restaurant we want we want a space and an atmosphere an environment where people can go Mm -hmm. and have Mm -hmm. fun whether they're coming in and seeing a local band play or they're Mm -hmm. seeing um, some comedy or they're seeing, uh, you know, just a little bit more of like a maybe adult oriented nightlife, whatever it's going to be like things that there's such an incredible market for in Portland mm-hmm. that I don't think we've really, it's seen its potential reach yet. Nice. Mm. So long-term goals, it's the growth and having a space yeah. where we can host and entertain everybody. Yeah. And, and possibly even before that multiple trucks so we can do more catering and, mm-hmm. and be on a personalized events mm-hmm. a lot more. Cause it, like you said, the whole, the whole point of the truck is, you know, we want it to be a good time. So it, it's pretty hard to do that if we're not making that sort of uh, a, a close priority to the food. You know what I mean? Obviously, mm-hmm. we're never let the food suffer, but, you know, it's almost just as important to us to make sure that it's a, a good environment, a good vibe. I mean, we want people to feel comfortable and happy and, you know, mm-hmm. like they're just excited to come, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Dan and Joe, thank you so much yeah, for taking time great. out of your day and talking with us. Uh, and I think this is actually, the more I've thought about it, like the way that you described your kind of upbringing and, and entertaining and welcoming people in, like this is really kind of a cool concept because you've got the kitchen in the truck. That makes the rest of the world your right. living room slash exactly. dining yeah. room kitchen yeah. table. We'll bring the party so, to you, baby. Yeah, you're damn right, right. it does. <laughs> and, so and, cool. I, and I think that is just awesome. I think you guys have such a great perspective on that. You have a and, great passion for yeah, what you're doing too. Obviously. So I can't wait to try your food. Yeah, Kim is. We can't wait for everyone to try our food either. We're very, yes. very excited. Excited. Kim is disappointed that you're not parked outside right now. <laughs> she's she's hurting right now. I can tell you. How long's the drive to Raymond, Kim? Go for it. Yes. We're, making, we're making chopped cheeses today for lunch. That's Be here. Awesome. Oh, jeez. Now it's I'm so hungry. excited. So excited for you guys. We're so glad that you were able to be here today, and we wish you all the best. Yeah, and we will uh, have a link to your website. We'll have a link to the Kickstarter, which uh, when this goes live, there'll be about two weeks, I believe, left in your Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, we are are halfway through our Kickstarter campaign. Um, We've been performing wonderfully. A large contingent of that are, you know, our close personal connections, but we're seeing some people that we've never met or spoken to before chipping in there. Yeah, which is pretty humbling. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. So it's exciting. Yeah, and I was looking through there today, and you've got some great uh, kind of uh, rewards for people to for different stratas, stratas or levels of, of uh, chipping in. That's great. But man, even just a just a few dollars here or there would be awesome as well. So make sure you contribute to this oh, Kickstarter totally. for these guys. Yeah, we would definitely appreciate um, it. And I'll make sure we have links to all your social media, especially the Instagram, because I think people are going to want to see all these videos yeah. that you told us so much about. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. And, and uh, awesome. I would check back. Our our YouTube is hosting a lot of some longer videos. Um, one of my best buds is doing video productions with us. Shout out to Eric. They're awesome. And they're unhinged and they're amazing and they're wonderful. Nice. But like, it really kind of shows like kind of what really goes on behind the scenes here where we just have fun. Yeah, it's kind of just a awesome. big joke. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little tongue in cheek, but we really nice. lean into the. In, into the vibes. Great. That well, thank perfect. you guys yes. so yes. much. Thank you so guys. Much. This is exciting. Again, we wish you all the best. And, and we're we'll looking be forward ch- to having yeah. the food. Yes, definitely. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes. And thank you for listening. <laughs>